0: comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. This podcast is proudly brought to you by A Languageship Center, a ministry of the Church of Pentecost. We thank God for another faithful day, for his mercies, for his glory, for his power. I promised last week that I'll end my message on that there may be glory in the church which we started last week. By the grace of God, we want to continue from where we left off and see how we can run off with that message. But our prayer is that before this year ends, every one of us will enjoy the glory of God. Every one of us will be revived. Every one of us will be made ready to possess the nations for the Lord. Hallelujah. So we ended with 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 10, where we were saying that even though they brought the ark of God, the ark of the covenant, into their midst, there was a loud shout. But that ark was not enough to give them victory because there was no glory among the people. Shall we put that one there? 1 Samuel chapter 4. So now go straight to verse 10. Because when we continue, we are going to read on from there okay so the philistines fought and israel was defeated even though the Ark of god had been brought they made all the noise they made all the shouting that they can do in fact they shouted until the earth shook so it means that physically we can pretend to be spiritual for everybody to see that we are spiritual but we are not pretense and hypocrisy is one of the greatest things that can destroy your life for if you are faithful and open before god and where you are weak you tell the lord that father i am weak help me you see the mistake of the israelites at this particular point was that they asked the right questions but they adopted the wrong approach they said why had the lord delivered us into the hands of the philistines to defeat us it was a good question because they realized that it was not the strength of the Philistines, but it is the Lord who has delivered us into their hands because something might have gone wrong. But a solution which should have brought them to the realization that it is because we have held on to sin and we have refused to repent. That is why this calamity is coming. They said, let's go and bring the ark. So sometimes we can be concentrated on strategies. We can concentrate on matters, on physical things, on particular religious actions and rituals to the detriment of what is really happening to us. Can you be real to yourself? I told you last week that you can deceive the pastor. Also for matricule, right? But you cannot deceive God. So in any case, can we lay ourselves bare before God and tell the Lord that, Father unless you help me. Come back to the scripture verse. And every man fled to his tent. There was a very great slaughter and there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. 30,000 men killed because of disobedience and sin. Let's continue verse 11. Also the ark of God was captured. That ark which was supposed to be the power and the presence of God, was abjured. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, died. They were the main trouble causes who refused to listen to the voice of God, who refused to do what is right. They died. And so you see, one of the things that we need to understand is that when you refuse to repent upon all the talks, upon all the advice, upon all the conviction of the Holy Spirit, when you continue to live in sin, you will die. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Unfortunately, within the new dispensation, some of the deaths may not be physical like this. You can be spiritually dead, and that is dangerous. I pray that if any one of us is dead, may we come back to life. In the name of Jesus. Now let's read on after they died, what happened. Then a man of Benjamin ran from the battle line the same day and came to Shiloh with clothes torn and dirt on his head. Let's move. Now when he came, there was Eli sitting on a seat by the wayside watching. Watching what? Watching what was happening because he knew that the ark had been taken to battle. The ark that was representing the presence of God had been taken to battle. Eli had a big responsibility to protect the ark and protect the presence of God in the church, protect the glory of God among the Israelites. But he left his children. You see, sometimes Eli would talk to them, oh, my children, did you hear? What people are saying about you. This thing you are doing is not good. When you fall into the hands of anybody, God can deliver you. But when you fall into the hands of God, who can deliver you? My children, please stop this. But his children were not just children, they were pastors, they were church leaders. So, beyond, I'll stop it, I'll stop it. God was expecting Eli to have taken an action. Eli didn't take the action. But he released the Ark of God to be taken to the battlefield, thinking that the Ark could bring glory. The Ark alone is a physical symbol that represented God's presence, but that is not enough to bring God's glory. God's glory must be activated in your heart. Then the Ark will be potent. The power of God never diminishes. But it is when we lose his presence in our heart that we don't see the power of God In our everyday lives, for his heart trembled for the ark of God. And when the man came into the city and told it, what did he told? Or what did he tell? The story about the defeat of the Israelites. All the city cried out. Let's move. When Eli heard the noise of the outcry, he said, What does the sound of this tumult mean? And the man came quickly and told Eli. Eli was 98 years old, a very old man. He had worked very hard and very well in the presence of God. And his eyes were so dim that he could not see. Then the man said to Eli, I am he who came from the battle. And I fled today from the battle line. And he said, what happened, my son? So the messenger answered and said, Israel had fled before the Philistines, and there has been a great slaughter among the people. Also your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. But when Eli heard this, nothing really happened to him immediately. But watch the next action. And the ark has been captured. Let's move. Then it happened. When he made mention of the ark of God, that Eli fell off the seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died. For the man was old and heavy, and he had judged Israel 40 years. He had been a leader for 40 years, judging Israel, but he could not tame the immoral pastors among his ministers, he, he left the altar to be made filthy. And because of that, the news about Israel was bad to the extent that it affected the big man himself. And he died as well. You see, let me tell you one of the reasons why. Church of Pentecost, we do not take sin lightly. Because when we play with sin, it is not only one person or two people who are going to suffer all of us will suffer the consequences. So we deal with sin so that it can help all of us to be alive and move forward. And the fact is that the Bible even tells us that when we are disciplined, we are not judged together with the world. Hallelujah. So the issue of discipline is so crucial and important for us. I said in the last time that when McKeon was dying, his last word that he told... um, Apostle Riguel Atuardison, that time he was the general secretary. And then, Prophet M.K. Yeboa, who was the chairman then. They happened to be at McKeon's bed before he died in UK. And he told them his last words, Don't allow sin to take over the church. Because when sin covers the church, tragedy covers the church. When we are able to work towards righteousness, yes, we are humans. Somebody will flaw me by saying, but no one is perfect. I am not saying that we are perfect. But we work towards sin. And something that you know willfully that is not good, you don't don't remain in it. I'll come back to this point very soon. Let's move forward. The old man died. Now his daughter-in-law, Phinehas' wife, was with a child due to be delivered. And when she heard the news that the ark of God was captured and that her father-in-law and her husband were dead, she bowed herself and gave birth. So this is a premature delivery. Even though she was due, she was not in labor. Your husband is dead. Your father-in-law is dead. The ark of God's covenant has been captured. Then she went into labor and delivered immediately. For her labor pain came upon her. Let's go. And about the time of her death, so while she was going through the delivery, the whole thing overcame her and the woman was about to die. But the woman who stood by her said to her, Do not fear, for you have borne a son. But she did not answer, nor she, did she regard it. 21. Then she named the child Ikabod, saying, The glory has departed from Israel because the ark of God had been captured and because of her father-in-law and her husband. Now, because of the sin and all the things that were happening, the ark had been captured. And when she was in labor and gave birth, they named that child Ichabod, which means that the glory of God has departed from Israel. In the mind of the Israelites, they thought that it was the capturing of the ark that made the glory depart, but it is far from that. Beloved, the glory departed long before the ark was captured. The glory departed because of the sinful life of the, of, of, of the boys and because they have refused over and over to take action. Let's read 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Verse 17 to 22. Second Chronicles 7, 17 to 22. As for you, this is God speaking to Solomon. I just want us to understand this and then match it together with the scriptures we are reading. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked, and do according to all that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom. So there is a condition to the establishment of your throne. And this is how God behaves. This is the nature of God. If you walk before him blameless, if you walk before him in obedience, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what kind of suffering you are going through now. It doesn't matter how rich or poor you are. If you walk before him blamelessly, he will establish you. May somebody learn to begin to walk blameless before the Lord. May somebody learn to walk in obedience before the Lord. Because it is only God that can establish you. You see, the difference between you and another person from 10 years from today will be in your obedience to God. The difference between you and your friend 10 years from today is not dependent upon how rich your parents are, but how obedient you are to God. He said, If you obey me and walk before me, just as your father did, it means if you do not forget all the riches of your father, I will not establish you. As I covenanted with David, your father, saying, You shall not fail to have a man as a ruler in Israel. So God had a covenant with David. And that covenant is what has placed Solomon on the throne. It was not by his own effort. It was because his father had walked blamelessly before God and God covenanted. So now Solomon is enjoying ancestral blessings. Some of us were born into the church. We have not seen struggle before. We have not worshipped idols before. We have not drank a before. We have not gone through all the evil things of life because of the glory that God brought to your parents. And by virtue that your parents are members, you were born into the church and you have inherited this covenant free of charge. But can I tell you something? Your ability to walk blamelessly before God will maintain this glory. Refusal to walk before God take the glory away from you may we learn to walk before god as our parents did and for those of us whose parents did not walk before god may god help us that we would depart from that and walk before god when you read the story of the israel kings it's a story i like you will see that this king walked before god in righteousness and god blessed him and established him another king will come he said he also walked before god as his father did Then one will come. Then he will say, As for this one, he did not follow the righteousness of his father. So God destroyed his throne. Ah. Another one will come again. He said, He also did wicked things like his father. So some people do wicked things like their father. And God will punish them like he punished their father. Some people will love God like their father. And God will also bless them like the way he blessed his father. But some... Their fathers are wicked, but they refuse to be wicked. They walk upright before God. And God changed their story. Others too, their parents were righteous, but they decided not to be righteous. And God changed their story too. So, it is not about your father again. You have been given the footing. You have been given the word. You have been given the gospel. Now it's left to you to maintain it or to leave it. But if you turn away... And forsake my statutes and my commandments, which I have set before you, and go and serve other gods and worship them. Then I will uproot them from my land, which I have given them. I will uproot. He's saying that if Solomon does not walk before him, he God will uproot the whole of Israel. This is a nation, a multitude of people. But you see, all of us together, probably our size in the hands of God, the whole world is smaller than this Bible. So if God is saying He will uproot Israel, it is just a tiny thing He's going to pick out and throw it away. It's not difficult for Him. From my land which I have given them and this house which I have sanctified for my name I will cast out from my sight. This house he was talking about the temple, which was so glorious and splendorous, which God has sanctified. If they refuse to walk before Him, He will even cast out the temple from His own eyes. And I will make it a proverb and a byword among the people. What it means is that the temple will become a ridicule, the temple will become a mockery. And this is my cry for the Church of Pentecost, that we should maintain our holiness. I am excited about the number of church buildings we dedicate every month, every week, every year. Wonderful! They represent the splendor and the glory of God. But as long as we remain in holiness, these temples will manifest the glory of God. But if we leave holiness aside, the temples will become a ridicule. They will become a public spectacle. They will become a laughingstock before the people. Now in some nations that is happening. Some church buildings have been converted into a pub. Is it not a radical? May God forbid that such a thing happen. And as for this house which is exalted, can we come back to NIV? Give us NIV. Let me see. And though this temple is now imposing, all who pass by will will be appalled and say, why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? May God forbid this one too. People will answer, are they so? People who are not members so, these are the answer. Because they have forsaken the Lord, the God of their fathers may it never happen to us. Who fought them out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshipping and serving them? That is why he brought this disaster on them. And so, we have examples already. Some people are saying that God is not so wicked. When I sin, he cannot punish me. That is not true. God is a just God. When he says, "I'll bless you," he will bless you. When he says, "I' will punish you," He will punish you. May we live in glory, that God will continue to love us and bless us in all we do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's come back to first Samuel. This time we are going back to chapter two, verse 26 to 31, First Samuel chapter two. 26 to 31 i'll say a few things and then i'll come back to the glory and then we conclude now what i want to say is that the glory does not depart all of a sudden hello the glory does not depart all of a sudden it departs gradually when god gives you glory when god gives you splendor that splendor departs gradually because god will be giving you warning He will be giving you signposts. He will be giving you uh, indications that my son repent, my daughter repent. If you don't, this is what I will do. So I'm coming back to the story of Eli's children and what happened to them. This was one of the times when God was speaking to them very plain in plain words, helping um, Eli to understand that disaster is coming. Something must be done. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. Shall we go on? Now a man of God came to Eli and said to him, This is what the Lord says. Did I not clearly reveal myself to your father's house when they were in Egypt under Pharaoh? I chose your father out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priests to go up to my altar to burn incense and to wear an effort in my presence I also gave your father's house all the offerings made with fire by the Israelites why do you scorn my sacrifice an offering that I prescribed for my dwelling why do you honor your sons more than me by fattening yourselves on the church made by my people. Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel declares, I promise that your house and your father's house will minister before me forever. Listen to this. This is a promise God gave long ago that you and your house, your father's house will minister before me forever. So God has made a lasting decree, a generational blessing for the family, that because your father has been faithful to me, I have decreed that your house will never cease to have priests. But now, the Lord declares, far be it from me. Because of two boys, a blessing that the whole generation should carry, has been terminated. Will God be cursing your family because of you? Or he'll be blessing your family because of you? Will God be glorifying his name in your family because of you? Or God will take his glory away from the family because of you? Because of Eli. Eli's two sons. And of course, what the Lord is saying here shows that Eli really honors his children more than God. That is why he could not discipline them when they were misbehaving. Far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me will be disdained. Did you hear that? Hello? Those who honor me, I will honor. And this is a prophet God has sent to Eli before the fall. This was one of the warnings That God sent a land worship center. Many pastors, by the grace of God, have passed through this land, and I am sure they have spoken to your heart a lot. At least, if I don't know any history, I know that when you became a worship center, Pastor Isaac Arnold was here, and I trust that he has warned you about God. Apostle Kosa was here, I believe he has warned you about God. Pastor Brony Francis was here. I believe he has spoken to you about God. Then Pastor Isikumi was also here. He just left when I came. And when I have also come, I am building on the same thing, telling you that God's principle is simple and one. Those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me, I will not just despise, but I will disdain. This name means that I will make you, um, what word should I use? A detestable thing. I will make you a forbidden, I will make you a laughing stock. This one, too, may God forbid. I said, may God forbid. Hallelujah. Let's move on now. The time is coming when you, I will cut short your strength and the strength of your father's house so that there will not be an old man in your family line. What a serious statement. So this one, I'll leave the rest for you when you have time. Go back to it and read and read and read and understand what the scriptures are saying. But the simple thing we are saying is that God has said this and what he was expecting at that point for Eli and his children to do was to just go before God in repentance. The Bible says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Maybe there is somebody in this room that sin has taken the first plate of your heart and is really disturbing you, but you are not able to leave it. I want to use this word to beseech you by the message of God that work at this surrender your life to the power of the holy spirit and come out of this calamity because something evil is looming but if you can repent the glory of god will be seen in your life the glory left long before this time now let me give you a quick example of this man called samson this man called samson he had a very good experience of what i am talking about you see something at a point in time was playing with delilah and delilah will ask him where is the secret of your strength then he something will deceive delilah and delilah will try the thing something will, will get up and, and you see that everything works out again but that should be telling you that when delilah gets your strength she will finish you some of us are playing with some delilah somewhere i don't know what is the delilah in your life you see if you don't deal with it now delilah will deal with you tomorrow if you don't deal with the delilah today delilah will deal with you tomorrow it is either you deal with her today or you leave her to deal with you tomorrow no matter how strong you are the bible says that mighty are those who fail. Nobody is mightier than falling in the house of God. No. Satan was not afraid of Jesus. He went in and then tempted Jesus. And you think that you are an apostle or you are an elder or you are a deacon or you are a deaconess or you are a Joshua brother and just Joshua sister. If Satan is not afraid of Jesus Christ, he's not afraid of you. Deal with that Delilah. Maybe you are a young man here. And there is a lady who is playing Delilah in your life. I beseech you by the mercies of God. Right from church, go and deal with that. Maybe you are a young woman here and there is a gentleman who has become a Delilah in your life. You are not married, but that is where you sleep and wake up and come to church. Can you deal with that before Delilah deals with you? Maybe you are a young man, a young woman, and your Delilah is pornography, which is deceiving you. You want to stop it. But he asks you, oh, you tell me you love me, but you do not prove it. Prove that you love me. Then you go back to it. You go back to it. Can you deliver yourself and surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Whatever is it that is scratching at your door, deal with it now. Because glory is just about to come. Oh, I said glory is just about to come. Deal with it now. Let's go. Let's leave that story. I want to finish now let's go to exodus chapter 33 this is where i want to bring your attention to how important the glory is and how moses realized the importance of the glory and worked towards that then the lord said to moses leave this place you and the people you brought out of egypt and go up to the land i promised on oath to abraham isaac and jacob saying I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way so the reason god says go but i will not go with you is that they went stiff naked they were disobedient let's go to verse 15. you can take time and read the whole story yourself but for time's sake let me just jump now god is telling them because of their disobedience he will not go with them he will send an angel to go ahead of them then moses said to him if your presence does not go with us do not send us up from here and this is what I want to stand on today, to pray. Moses knew a secret. Moses knew that the journey without the presence of God is useless. In John chapter 15 verse 5, Jesus said, I am the vine; you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. Moses knew the secret. He said, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Beloved, a language center. Nobody should live this life without the presence of God. Nobody should walk on the surface of this earth without the presence of God. Nobody should marry without the presence of God. Nobody should enter any job without the presence of God. Don't come to church without the presence of God. Don't come and dance without the presence of God. Don't even pray without the presence of God. If there is something we should pray for, then it is the presence of God. Said, so if your presence will not go with us, then don't take us up from here. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 says that, If God is for us, who can be against us? But the reverse is also correct. It means that if God is not for us, then everybody can be against us. But I pray that God will be for us. God will be for us. Come back to Exodus 33. Now verse 16. How? Now this is Moses arguing with God. Moses says, How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people? Unless you go with me. Unless you go with us. That is our prayer today. Because unless God goes with you, nobody will know that God is pleased with you. What else? I love this one. This one I think we should read together from what else. Let's go. What else would distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? Put your hands together for this revelation. It is only the presence and the glory of God That distinguishes us from all other people on the face of the earth. Without the glory, you are nothing. That is why the same Samson told Delilah that when my hair is off, I will become like any other ordinary person. With the glory of God, you are not an ordinary person. Last week I told you that when the glory is there, you are heavy. You are splendorous. You are excellent. You are magnificent. And you are above everything. You are heavy. But when the glory is not there, there is nothing that is... And may we walk in the glory. Let's move. Next verse. And the Lord said to Moses, I like this one, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you. And I know you by my name. May this be said about us may god say about us that i am pleased with you i am pleased with you and everything you have asked i will do which means that when god is pleased with us when we pray everything we ask for in prayer god will do it because he knows us by name today everything you are going to ask god in prayer in a repentant heart god will hear your prayers then moses got a good ground After God said, he said, okay, if you will do everything, then I am going to ask for one thing. And that one thing is that now, show me your glory. Now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you have been blessed by this message, kindly share it with others. For counseling and enquiries, please reach us on 024-975-072. You can also contact us for more of such inspiring messages. So we come your way again. Stay blessed. Peace. Shalom.